good morning and happy Monday. Uh, or whatever day that you listen to this. My name is Shalane Hughes. You're listening to the Shalane Hughes Podcast. And on today's episode, I had released a Q&A last week. <clears throat> if you're listening to this now, it has been yesterday that I released it. And I wanted to go ahead and record this before I forgot about it and got too busy. <laughs> so... Um, I had one question on the Q&A that I had found very interesting. Um, I really liked the question and I wanted to go a little bit more in depth with it. Cause like, I understand like I have a lot of, uh, followers that I have on Instagram and they do ride horses and stuff already. And then I do have some that are wanting to get into it and if you're listening to this, you may be somebody that's already riding. Um, you may be a barrel racer, or you may be wanting to get into barrel racing, or you may be a person that's just wanting to get into horses and riding in general. And so I wanted to do like a little deep dive, if you will, of the question was, what is the hardest part about barrel racing? Um, for those of y'all that don't know me, I have been barrel racing since 2005 so was that like 16 years now (laughs) so it's been it's been a long road and everything I've grown up around horses basically my entire life um but I did not get started into barrel racing until I was about seven years old and I'm still learning new things and I'm actually turning 24 this month so here we go (laughs) but um let's go ahead and get into it here Alright, so the hardest thing about barrel racing, I had basically chopped it up to saying like everybody's hard level is going to be different, I feel like. There may be a bunch of people that, well this is harder for me, and then the other person's like that's your hardest point, I'm like yeah, (laughs) but it's one of those things that everybody's different. And I'm pretty sure that I explained more into this on a previous episode of um, the unique person or personality, something like that. I, I have an episode that has uniquely you or something like that. And I cannot think of the think of the title and that is on me. But I go more in depth of everything I think on that episode about like how everybody's different everybody's got different experiences everybody's levels like from easy to hard are different like their difficulties are different and so I feel like you can kind of transition that over to like your barrel racing um there may be somebody that let's say there's one person that they want to get a horse and they don't want any kind of maintenance or anything because they're because maybe they're wondering in their mind like I'll never be able to keep up with maintenance or like I will never be able to do like I'll never be able to have a horse that needs injections when you have a person that's over here like injections are incredibly easy to get it's like a normal thing like I remember I had talked to somebody about my horse my barrel horse I've never had him injected or anything before and 
I had somebody tell me, well, we put so much money into this sport to begin with that we feel like injections are not really considered maintenance but a necessity. And it's like, is it though? It's like the difficulty levels there is just like some people may feel like, and I'm not saying that injections are a necessity. I'm saying like some horses do need it and then some horses it depends so it's like I'm not into all of the injections part of it I have not yet had a horse that has injections so I can't really speak broadly upon that so I'm going to go ahead and throw in a disclaimer here I'm not a vet farrier any kind of professional uh caretaker I guess you would be like of any horse like no dental no vet no injections no farrier like all down the line any kind of like stuff to do with health and stuff for a horse that's not me so this is just what I have found out in the 16 years that I've been doing this um but you can kind of see like right there some people may not want a horse with injections some people were like well that's that's not a big deal so going back is what is the hardest thing about barrel racing for me in my perspective I feel like it's everything because I say like the hardest thing about having a horse is keeping it alive because I have two babies quote-unquote babies um as a lot of y'all know I have Foxy and Seze their mother and daughter duo um, Foxy is four this year and Seze is two. So, with them being so young and just stuff that I have seen them do, I'm like, how are you still alive? How are you, how are you not, like, laying dead in the field? Because what I just seen, you obviously don't have common sense here. So, <laughs> it's, like, one of those things that I find, like, the hardest thing about keeping a horse, especially a barrel horse that you're, like, hoping or like let's say not a barrel horse but let's say like you get a prospect or whatever because that's basically what I brought like why why I bought Foxy to get a prospect for barrel racing the hardest thing I feel like is like trying to treat her with kids gloves and not let her get hurt but with her and says that it's they're always coming up with new injuries like I can literally count how many injuries that says has had in like the past two months and let's just say it's taking up all the fingers on one hand for sure um also that's my number one thing is keeping a horse alive <laughs> so not necessarily because of the care that I can take of it but because of how horses are their own animal they have a brain they are 1200 pounds average usually like your barrel horse is around 1200 pounds it's a half a ton animal there so can you imagine just seeing a half ton animal just running around and for some reason i'm not sure why how this all works and everything and same with like cows and stuff that we put up these little strands of barbed wire and stuff and hope that they don't get hurt i mean if you think about it a half ton animal with a brain of its own anything can happen <laughs> so that's my number one thing right there just to try to keep the horse alive I said if I could just do that then we're doing good 
Um, what else? I feel like, and like that's just general horse taking, like just taking care of a horse right there. Um, another thing, like if you're wanting to do barrel racing, I feel, guys, this is not an all-on-me sport. And when I say an all-on-me sport, you cannot, it's not just you. Even though that it's literally you and a horse going into the pen and everything, like, I understand, like, that's your, that's your teammate right there, basically. And not only that, but it's kind of like, let's, let's relate this to NASCAR racing. Because it's basically, like, you're going in there, you're doing the race and everything. But, what people don't see is your pit crew. And what I'm talking about that is, is that you need a really good team of a farrier. You need a good team of a vet for, like, if you need injections and stuff. Your farrier is taking care of your tires. Your vet is making sure that you got good fuel and everything going. Nothing's wrong with the car. Nothing's wrong with your horse. So, you need a pit crew there. Those are, like, the two main things that you are going to need is a farrier and a vet. Because you got your tires, if you got, if you don't have hooves on a horse, you got no horse. Vet, uh, you need to make sure that your horse is healthy and ready to go. Um, I feel like dental should be put in there. That is part of your pit crew. If you got a horse that just so happens to just randomly duck a barrel, you may need to check for ulcers. That's what you would go to your vet for. For my case, when Sonny started ducking a barrel, I knew that something was wrong. I took his bit off, put a hackamore on, and he turned the barrel. So I knew it was something with his teeth there. Took him to, uh, took him to get his teeth floated, and that was it. He had ulcers. He had sharp edges and stuff that his teeth were biting into his cheeks, causing ulcers. You gotta have a good pit crew. That's like a must. So this, oh, I can do it all by myself. No, you're going to at least need those three people because I can guarantee you not everybody knows how to trim a horse. Not everybody knows how to do all the injections and stuff. Not everybody knows what signs to look for. So that's another thing. Like I found like that to be very beneficial from this past year, I want to say. I think I've had my new farrier for like a year now. And him explaining to me different stuff about my horses that I didn't really understand or know of that a previous farrier of mine didn't say or brought up or anything it was like okay now we're getting on a right track here with all this is being explained to me a little bit more in depth to each horse um so you gotta have a good pit crew you gotta have a support system because if you're gonna do this sport you gotta have a support system I mean, if you go, if you look back just on this past year alone and see how many of, like, the top 15 barrel racers have been through, or even some of the people that were sitting very high up in the standards about this time a year ago, and then injuries that were caused during, like, around 4th of July, or injuries that were later on in the summer, and we're going to wrap up this uh, the WPRA season. J-Lo got hurt last summer. That was, that was a big deal. And I can only imagine how Ivy felt about that. Um, Ivy Hurst just lost her horse due to injuries. 
I mean, if you you gotta have a support system around you because if you go through something like that, or you could be like in a situation like Brittany Barnett and feeling just just feeling attacked by everybody because like this sport is not for everybody and in every sport or whatever like for some reason I feel I feel like there should be a certain level for people to go into the WPRA and that's the Women's Professional Rodeo Association and all these girls that are in the WPRA they're being bullied or whatever by your barrel racing Bettys, your weekend warriors that have no no need to be talking to these professional barrel racers that have made it to the NFR. Um, but the weekend warriors have no have no reason to take down any of these professional women. And so mental health is a big game of it. So you can kind of see where I'm going with this. You have to have a strong mental health game. You gotta have a pit crew. You gotta keep your horse alive. So, then not only, like, that is, like, the top three things right there, but also another thing that I'm learning is you gotta know your equipment, too. And when I say that, I don't mean, like, your ride equipment, which that's also, like, that's to each horse of their own. I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, every horse is different, so every horse is gonna have a different kind of thing that they need to ride with. But that's besides the point. When I'm talking about your equipment is your truck and your trailer. Because one thing that I have been learning for the past couple years now is trying to figure out what's going on with my trailer. What's going on with my truck. You have to be kind of a mechanic while you're on the road. So, the past year, I've had to change out all my rotors, all my brakes on my truck. Um... Your oil changes are a, like a good bi-week or bi, I say bi-weekly, bi-monthly thing. Whatever, however often you need to go get your oil changed. Um, I just been hearing about people's bearings catching on fire and stuff on their horse trailer. I didn't know that that was a thing. I talked to my mom and dad. Turns out it's a thing. <laughs> so... I was in there, like, I was so worried about that. I looked at him, I was like, how do I prevent that? Because I'm pretty sure I'm going to run into it. And they're like, well, you probably need to go ahead and uh, grease your bearings on your trailer. Because you've had the trailer for how long now? And I don't think we've ever greased it. So, it's like one of those things, like, I'm going to have to start learning how to take care of the trailer. All the tires on the trailer. I just brought my... um one of my trailer tires in because I noticed that it was losing air and stuff when I would go to haul and it was not losing it at an extremely fast rate or anything but more of if I left it up for like a week it would have no air in the tire it would probably only lose like 20 pounds a day so I was like okay something's going on here I don't know what I just brought it in yesterday turns out that my valve stem was broken and for those of y'all that don't know what a valve stem is on your tires it's where you put the little thingamajig to air up your tire <laughs> I don't know what everything's called <laughs> so I'm a barrel racer I'm not a mechanic but here's the things that you got to learn um 
So I found out that my valve stem was broken, which is where you go to air up your tire, the little spout that's on the tire. And I had a nail in it. So that was my main issue there was like those two things. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and get those fixed. And let me just tell you, a $30, uh, a $30 bill for a tire is a whole lot better looking than a $103 thing to get a brand new tire. So, which I'm sure that I'm going to have to get brand new tires anyway soon. But for right now, that's what I need because I'm not hitting the pavement every single weekend or anything. Um, what else? What else? I'm trying to thank you guys trying to keep your horse alive you need a pit crew mental health you need to know your equipment you need to, you need to be a mechanic what else I feel like when you're getting into this kind of sport and everything too like as well is that you need a job because you need something to be able to fall back on you need something to be able to pay for the bills um, so finding you a job that'll help you like pay for your entry fees and everything because um, I remember me and my mom had gotten in a big I don't know how to explain it I don't, I don't think it would be a debate I don't really think that it would be an argument but it was a big deal whenever I was a senior in high school and getting, like, looking to get a job. And my mom didn't want me to get a job. I was like, well, why not? Well, you need to be a kid for as long as you can. Well, what is that going to do for me? <laughs> I looked at her, I said, I said, I'm planning on going to Kentucky and going to be a horse racing jockey. I need to have some money to be able to stay in an apartment up there. So... She was like, you're not going to Kentucky at 17 years old. And I went back with her like, well, I got to get something done. Because in my mind, the 17-year-old me, I wanted to be able to win the triple, be the first female to win the triple crown at 21 years old. For, that was my big goal. <laughs> so you can imagine how that went whenever my mom said that I wasn't moving out of the house at 17 to go to Kentucky. Um... And I went to, I want to say like right before I had turned 18 or whatever, I started going down to a racetrack down in Opelousas, like right there where Evangeline Downs is. And I would drive down there every single day. And Opelousas is a good almost three hours from my house. I would wake up every morning, two o'clock in the morning drive down there that's when I had a little Impala car though so I had really good gas mileage um but I would drive down there every morning and I would probably stay out there till about three o'clock every day did I get on many horses um no <laughs> I probably only got it on like one horse if that a day sometimes I just drove down there to go hang out talk to the tra trainers um, I went down there to go ride with my outrider that I was learning under. He would bring me a colt to ride out there. Then it got to the point where he would start bringing more horses. So I would be swapping out colts halfway through because they had a break. Um, then there would be 
then I steadily grew to where like people were wanting me to get on the track with the babies um so I want to say that there was at one point that I was riding four horses like a couple mornings out of the week because I rode two of the colts for the outrider and then I broke two babies out of the gate which I was nowhere near ready and found out really quickly why women are not there are not a lot of women in the race like in the horse racing industry so I feel like that being said me getting up at two o'clock in the morning to be down at practice and stuff like train morning training and stuff at the racetrack about 5 36 o'clock um you gotta have a, a drive for sure and that goes back to like your mental health and everything because you gotta have you gotta be mentally driven and one thing that I have found that's been very beneficial to that is like YouTube videos where like with, with Les Brown and Steve Harvey and talking about like them living in a car or them being homeless or whatever until they got to a certain point they were struggling and everything trying to pay pay for their bills um I like listening to Steve Harvey because when he first got started he quit his job after winning a amateur night at comedy club $150 he went to work the next day and quit his job do I suggest doing that no <laughs> um but he went and quit his job and he started doing that he had child support that he had to pay so he paid money for child support he said it's cheaper to live in my car than to pay rent for somewhere so he lived in his car and he just paid for uh his gas for his car like you have got, you have got to have that kind of mental drive to get through this I feel like because this sport is not easy like at all um I remember seeing a lot of stuff and if you uh I've had an interview with Shelby McCamey she's explained to me like there's been times where she has almost just gone home and she's wondered why she's doing this and why she's hitting the road um for those of y'all that don't know Shelby McCamey is a WPRA card holder she's like she had gotten her card and she's been trying to hit the road since she traveled a lot with Brittany Barnett last year in 2020 um I want to say in 2019 as well um but she's I remember talking to her and she said there was a lot of times where I would hit the road and I wouldn't do anything and especially like after the summer that she's had this year for 2021 season she's even put on there on her instagram and on her yellow felt soul page of like it's coming to the time again where i'm wondering why am i still out here why am i still out here if i put myself under this kind of pressure all the time hitting the road not really placing like I want to dealing with injuries with my horse which right now she only has one horse to my knowledge I know that she's got another one coming up and I think she's gonna keep him uh for next season but she like and I feel like there's a lot of people that go into that and I know like there's a couple girls here that they go to hit the rodeo road and they have injuries and they're like oh, maybe I was not ready for this. 
like they do the amateur rodeo and, and stuff and they do really good in the amateur rodeo and then when they get to the pro level something happens and you get on apparently rodeo ground is bad I can't not speak for myself because I have not yet competed in a, like a PRCA WPRA rodeo so I cannot fend for the girls of how bad the ground is but you kind of get my idea they get on bad ground they are hauling all the time if you look at Brittany Barnett I think she just posted pictures like a week apart or whatever of her horse not even a full week of one of her main horses and just taking her off the road, put her in a quote-unquote little rehab thing to try to get her back to where she's sound and where she's comfortable riding again and everything and going on the road. If you look at the two pictures, you can see how much stress the horse was under and you can see how she's doing now. And you got to understand, like, if you're hauling those horses, they go and they go and they go and it's hard for them to ever catch a break. So you gotta, you gotta stay mentally strong. You're hauling your horse. They ha have to be physically strong and bearable to handle the road. Um, that goes to ulcers, injuries, whatever. So I feel like there's everything that you have to take and in, put into perspective from being a mechanic to taking care of your horse. So that is my little rant. Thank you for coming to my TED talk <laughs> as Amanda would say but that is why I had said that everything goes into this everything goes into barrel racing especially if you want to compete at a pro level so with all that being said I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode if you want more content and everything feel free to follow me on Instagram I am at shalane.hughes um, you can also follow the Smokin' H Ranch page on Instagram, Smokin' H Ranch on Facebook, and on YouTube. Um, I do occasionally do, like, little Q&As through, like, once, every, once, once in a while on Instagram. And that's where I get a lot of my stuff from. So, whenever I do, like, a Q&A, if you want to put something on there for another topic for me to discuss on this podcast... And sometimes I do do Q&As just specifically for the podcast. Be sure to keep an eye out on that. And so, like, if there's something else... And I'll probably do, like, a little recap thing after this, like, next week. Um, which I'm recording this on a Wednesday. So, Monday, I'll probably do it, like, on Wednesday or Thursday. Um, after you're hearing this to see who wants to do, like, a little recap of follow-up questions or anything that's going on. So, Yeah. I hope that you guys enjoyed this and I will be talking to y'all next time. I'm not going to say next week because I don't know if I will be. <laughs>